should probably just jump right in. Um, hey, what's up? It's Thin and Roadshow. It's Bill and Ian. Um, I I want to open up <laughs> open up things with uh, I ha- I had an idea for a new segment um, because I wanted I I, I when I was listening back to uh, episode twenty three, I realized I said something really stupid. Um, well, we say a lot of stupid things, and then I was like, oh, this, th- what I said was, like, really stupid, mm-hmm. and I wanted to easily correct it so people don't think that I'm, like, that stupid. Um, and then I was like, oh, hey, that could be a segment. Um, a and then show, I, it could be, it could be a whole show. We could have a second show where we correct the things that we, the stupid shit we say from the other show. Um. But for now, I figured we could turn it into a segment, and I immediately came up with the idea. So, um, this is going to be dead wrong, and uh, here's the introduction to it. It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Not this time. No. Not this time. It's totally made up. Pure fiction. It's fiction. It's fiction. We made it up. We made this one up. It's a made-up tale. It's a total fabrication. It never happened. It never happened. This one was invented by a writer. Not this time. It never happened. It's false. It never happened. It's a fake. It's fiction. It's an urban legend that never happened. No way. We got you. Not a chance. Not this time. It never happened. It never happened. We made this one up. It's fiction. We made up this one. We made it up. Not this time. Wrong. Not this time. Not this time. You're wrong. Not this time. It never happened. So welcome to Dead Wrong. Uh, this is the part of the show where we correct the dumb shit that we said in previous episodes. What is that from? <laughs> that is from uh, an old television show called uh, Fact or Fiction, I believe. Um, That's at least fifteen so- seconds too long. Probably, probably. I didn't. I didn't feel like cutting it down is the fun thing. Uh, but I wanted to get the one. My favorite one is the one that where he says this one was made up by a writer. That, that that's my favorite <laughs> one. So I wanted to get that one in. Um, but yeah. So uh, for this first one, so in episode twenty three, um, we were talking about uh, the Nicki Minaj, and the uh, we we got talking about testicle size. You know, you know how you do. Uh, and so I I brought up the creation of Adam and how the 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 he's got the real little peanuts down there. Um, and I said that uh, I made a comment. I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's by Da Vinci, right?" Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's not by Da Vinci. That's that's famously, very famously, Michelangelo. Um, so I wanted to clear the air. Uh, I'm I'm not a complete idiot, but um, I just wanted to point that out there. Uh, I got so yeah. I got an A in my one intro to art history course at university, but I did not pick up on this. No, see, yeah, okay, but um, I like how you said university, like you're Canadian or something. I like that. Oh. Uh, it makes you, it makes you seem uh, you know, um, like European or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because that's what they that's what they say. They don't say college. They say university. I just find the university sounds more like sophisticated. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've adopted. Um, if uh, you notice that we said something really stupid like that. And you would like to correct us, uh, send it in, video at deadendroad.co, and it'll be featured in the next edition of Dead Wrong. I will say, like, I think this is pretty safe to say. If you send us something, 
there's a not there's like a hundred percent chance that he'll end up on the show. Pro yes. Yes. It just it's just where I have to filter it in, what segment it goes into, yeah. uh, is the only qualifier. So yeah, so let's move into this week's horror harvest. If you would like to uh take it away. Yeah, so this week we watched a film called She Dies Tomorrow, directed by Amy Simetz. Um it is about a woman named Amy who wakes up and has the feeling that she is going to die tomorrow. It's, it's not even just a feeling, it's, it's a certainty in her mind. Um, and she then ends up, um, you know, it's contagious, right? This feeling. So she ends up giving it to her sister and then her sister visits um, other people. And then they come down with this. So it's like a, it's like a mini pandemic of, of, of mental illness. Um, so, so what did you think of this movie? Okay. That's good that you pointed out that that was her sister. Cause I, I didn't, necessarily know their relation i thought that they were either friends or um that, that she might have been like her sponsor or something because her um she's she she's a recovering alcoholic was um a big part of her character mm-hmm. um so i wasn't like 100 percent on their relation now you're making um, me um second guess whether that was actually her sister um because I, either I missed it or like it it wasn't stated. So like, did we outright. ever leave the dead wrong segment, or are we still in that? We might be. We might just be in it. This is now the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't completely sure there. Um, I, I don't know about this one. Okay. Um. I wasn't sure how I was supposed to be feeling or like how I was supposed to take anything in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like, like a, is that like a tone, a tone thing? Yeah. The tone. Um, because it got to a point where it felt like a comedy, but I, but I don't know if that was just because I was finding the movie funny and it wasn't supposed to be. I think it definitely was in parts supposed to be. Okay. Like, like whenever, whenever the, the, um, the affliction where people, uh, believe that they're going to die the next day and then like it happens and then they, like, they say like, Oh my God, I'm going to die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I like started laughing. Yeah. It's very literal. Like I, I, and I don't think that's supposed to be funny. Right. There's sort of like, oh. yeah, there's sort of a line and then sometimes it's like towing the line and sometimes it's like very obvious. It's, it's a joke, but other times you're not really sure. Yeah. Like, like there are, there are moments that are supposed to be funny. Like whenever she's with the, 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 um, the dune buggy guy. Mm hmm. Like that's supposed to be funny. Yes. Like I understand that. Um but like other times where it's like you know like it, I think it wants to be taken really seriously. 
and it's just it it's 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 too much for me and i just find it ridiculous right um so yeah i, I didn't yeah tonally it was kind of off um and i i wasn't quite sure what it was trying to convey either mm-hmm. like it's sort of it's sort of situated as a thriller but then like it f- even though there's like this sort of looming um like it 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 gives itself a deadline of like oh these people are going to die like are they going to die but it doesn't sort of um give itself like the ticking clock that you might expect mm-hmm. so in a way i don't feel like there were any stakes and that's weird whenever there there's a group of people that might be dying right um yeah it is it is listed as a thriller um in a lot of places and i, I made it part of the series because i really came away feeling it was more like psychological horror um, and I think, I think this movie's really doing one thing. It's capturing a, a, a feeling of like really intense anxiety, almost like a panic attack. Um, but it makes it this very, like, it's a very blunt thing, right? That's, that they think is going to happen to them, but it really can be applied to all different types of, of like anxious things that could that could bring on like a panic attack right um yeah so i really i just i like this movie because it set out to capture this feeling it had really a singular purpose a singular thing it was doing and it like just went for it like the whole movie is about that feeling right um but i do i do agree with you that like especially the second time around. Cause I think part of this too, like, cause I watched this last year when it came out mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I think mentally my, my mental state then was not as good as it is now. Um, which I think led to me appreciating this movie more the first time. Mm-hmm. Whereas the second time, some of those like tonal um, weird tonal choices really did stand out. Um, yeah. And I wasn't as like immersed in what these characters were experiencing. I was kind of more looking at them from the outside. And like there are scenes in the movie that are like that where you'll see a close up of a character's face and the lights are flashing and you're in it with them. But then it cuts to a more like, um, to a shot that's like further away there's no dramatic music in the background and you kind of see how ridiculous their behavior is like from a very objective perspective mm-hmm. so like it's like the movie has that awareness of like what it's conveying and how silly it can be and it does go back and forth between wanting you to feel it with the characters and then also wanting to like sort of poke fun at them and and sort of make light of it right I th- I think the it the movie struggles whenever the characters are together because to your point 
of it being sort of like this portrait of anxiety. And I agree to the extent where like maybe the first 20 minutes is yes, that is what it's doing. Which also Amy. Yeah. I I just want to say, I think the first 20 minutes is the best part of the film. No. Yeah, completely. Because it's Amy alone. And she has, you know, this, this awful dread, this awful anxiety. And it's sort of this listless, this boredom, this, this no idea what to do with yourself. That, that is like, you feel like there is that impending panic attack. There's like the moment where she's like either almost willing herself to cry or like on the verge of crying and then doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it feels like this weird pantomime that is like almost a panic attack too. Um, And you know, like I, I, I'm someone with like a lot of anxiety. So um, it's like, I, I, I know what this similar feelings are like. So like, yeah, that, that is to a T what that, that, collection of scenes is doing um but whenever you start introducing the other characters it strays further away from that because yeah it, it gets more ridiculous like what their actions are doing because you you wouldn't see that in a group dynamic um and then it's getting away from like anxiety which is usually this very very personal internal struggle to like i don't know mass hysteria or something yeah um yeah i don't know because and then it's like okay well if it's if it's if it's like it's supposed to be this examination of anxiety then like the 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 plot itself i think takes away from that that angle because all right, so now the anxiety is contagious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like what, it's what is the what is the metaphor? Right. Um, it it felt to me like the purpose of when you're introducing all these these other characters, it's almost like you want to explore how this feeling how how it like manifests in them and how they handle themselves. Right. Yeah. But. At the same time, it also kind of felt like a handful of these characters, like they just didn't know what to do with them. Um, yes. They were really kind of like, you know, no pun intended, but dead ends. Um, there really wasn't much going on with some of these side characters. And it did take away from the central thing that it was trying to convey. I think I definitely agree with that. Yeah, the couple that was breaking up, um, there was not really anything there. Except for kind of like a couple funny exchanges, you know, Mm -hmm. but like in the grand scheme of it, like, what is that? What is that serving? Right. Um, And then there were the two women like towards the end. Oh, I love that, though. I know. But like, why were they just is that um, is that Michelle Rodriguez? It's Michelle Rodriguez. um, Yeah. Okay. Mm Um, It's like, but then I was like confused. I was like. But I thought she died. the the sister The sister one, or yeah. So and she, then she, she just shows up, right? She had gone. It's it's really it's ambiguous what exactly happened to her there. I really don't even know um, after seeing this movie twice because she she went back to look at you know her microscope and study the things that she studies because um, she had just been rejected by that doctor 
Yeah. And now she's going back to sort of like appreciate the thing that she loves most in life, right? For a final time, which I really like. Yeah. I really like that scene. Um, but then there's like a shadow while she's standing over her uh, microscope and she turns around and she's like surprised. And then the, the, the camera cuts and we move on to something else. And the next time you see her, she's walking around with like a, with like a, uh, a wounds, like a bleeding wounds. And she, she encounters these two women, one of which is Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. And that, that whole scene is played for comedy. And I, I think it worked. I think it worked really well. Um, because like I, I I thought it was so such a funny thing because I I really believe that um at the end of the world right when everybody believes they're about to die that somebody will still be mowing their lawn. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um. And then there's like that um, the quote where one of the women's like I'm I'm just really gonna miss trees. Yeah. <laughs> it was so yeah. good. And then you have like the visual of her swimming. And the pool is filling up with blood. I just, I really like that whole, that whole scene. Yeah. She struggles to get on the floaty. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so I think, I think what happened was that her brother and his wife, or at least one of them, or both, went to go kill her Mm -hmm. because they thought that that would stop the the thing oh that makes sense because they had a conversation and initially in that conversation it sounded like maybe they had killed their own child in their sleep is that did you get that at all for a second because they're like do do you regret what we did last night or what we're what our plan is or whatever they said yeah because before that like they were talking about it they were like she caused this she caused this and then they were like you know what we have to do Mm mm-hmm um, oh, see, in the moment, I took that to mean like um, putting their child out of out of uh, her misery, which is much bleaker <laughs> than than what right. it actually was. I think I think they went to go kill his sister. Okay, that would make sense then. But then, so either she died, and that was some some scene, or like she she they just stabbed her or something. She escaped or something. She she yeah she survived and was just bleeding everywhere. Yeah, walking around. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's that's what that's what I assumed, but I was very confusing. It was it was confusing. Um. um especially because like the color palette was so different. Yeah, it makes you, you think know? maybe this is like some sort of like uh, dream sequence or afterlife type. type yeah, deal. yeah, yeah. Especially because there were like flashbacks and stuff, you know, like, right. Um, which, by the way, I um, this movie gave me the idea of a possible uh, dead end road merch okay. item, which would yeah. be it would be sometime in the future. We couldn't do it right now, but it would be sure. an extremely limited edition leather jacket. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, so, uh, sometime in the future, yeah. Yeah. But you have to you have to do it when it's fresh, you see. You have to do it when it's fresh, yeah. It, there's a limited yeah, window of time that you can Yeah. yeah. Mhm. I love that bit. Nobody's I thought that was nobody, great. Yeah, people have to watch the movie to <laughs> Yeah, no. So what, what it is <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie and you're and you're just listening to, to us talk about it, it's um Amy the the, the central character, she 
is like going through like urns that she can purchase online. And then she comes to the idea that she wants to turn herself into a leather jacket after she dies. And she has that one quote where she's like, um, I just want to be useful in death. Yeah. <laughs> Which was so good. Just yeah. as like a running joke. I thought that was really, really amusing. Yeah. I can't imagine something creepier. I know, I know. Than wearing a human jacket. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like, um, I, yeah, I think we're definitely in agreement that the opening 20 minutes or so was the strongest. And I feel like the movie ended on a very similar note with her in like the desert. Mm-hmm. Like that final shot is really in sync with where the movie started, you know? Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really effective too, where she's like, I'm okay, I'm not okay, I'm okay, I'm not okay. Yeah, yeah. Really good stuff there. Um, yeah, that's uh Caitlin Shield stars in this. Um mm-hmm. she has been in so many indie films. Um she's fantastic. And yeah, at it, first I thought it was Grace Gummer. Oh, okay. But um, the, yeah. Then when I saw the credits, mm-hmm. I, I got her name. But um, yeah. My favorite, uh, Kate Lynchiel performance is she is in this movie called um, Kate plays Christine, and it's like I think you've mentioned that to me. Before. Did I mention this one? Yeah. It's it's this fake documentary. Um, it's a real thing that happened. There was this news reporter who... Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she shot herself on the air. She committed suicide on the like as a news anchor on the air um, in like the 80s. And so this movie is a fake documentary of Caitlin Shield. She's playing herself as she's preparing to take on the role of, of Christine. Mm-hmm. And so you see her trying to get into the character. There isn't a lot of information about Christine and like her motivations or the the struggles that she was dealing with. So she's just trying to like come up with it herself, basically, and trying to like inhabit the character. And she she goes a little too far with it. Um, Mm. And it's such a fascinating movie because of like the whole meta aspect of it. And like like Kate's performance is, is, is very layered and it's, it's very good. Like, so if you get it, if you ever see that anywhere, it's kind of hard to find, but if you're able to see that, I would definitely recommend uh Kate plays Christine. Mm. It's kind of weird. Cause it premiered at a festival a few years ago. And at the same festival was the movie Christine starring Rebecca Hall, which is like more of a typical biopic about the same woman which is oh which was okay. odd that they both premiered at the same time uh very different movies but it's about the same the same subject did the family just like suddenly decide they wanted to give up the rights or something it's possible that would that would be a good explanation for it i'm not really sure how that ended up happening yeah that's interesting yeah hmm. and then amy simetz um she is also acted in a lot of indie films uh she co-created and like show ran uh the star series uh the girlfriend experience mm, okay. which is fantastic um it's an anthology series and she um basically she she co-wrote the first season 
with somebody. And then the second season was very interesting because they decided to split it in half and she would write one half with a cast of characters and her co-writer would do the other half with entirely different um, cast and story, mm. which which ended up working out really well. Um, so yeah, if you if you liked this movie, if you liked Amy Simetz's work here, I would definitely recommend The Girlfriend Experience. Great show. Mm-hmm. I feel is pretty underappreciated. But yeah, I don't know. Did you have anything else uh, to say about this one? Um, no, I think we covered pretty much pretty much everything I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. So um, next week, next week's film is going to be uh, Under the Shadow. Okay. It's on Netflix in the U.S. Um, it's directed by Babak Anvari. Um, and it takes place in the Middle East. Mm. It's a, a Persian language uh, psychological horror film. Okay. Have you? Are you familiar with this one at all? No, no, not at all. Yeah, this is another one that I watched last year. Um, mm. Was really impressed with it. Um, definitely interested to hear what you think uh, next week. Okay, cool. It's also on the shorter end. I feel like I've been choosing movies inadvertently that are like under 90 minutes long. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I know, right? I know. And this is another one of yeah. those. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Under the Shadow. All right. Check that out next week because we're now into uh, October. Yes, so. we are recording on October 1st. Yeah, so this is like the final stretch, sort of. I'm going to keep it to like like actual horror because I know the last two weeks it's been kind of like horror adjacent, but uh, I think I figure yeah. for October we should kind of ramp it up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, <laughs> I did forget to mention one thing about She Dies Tomorrow. Sure. Um, maybe I shouldn't because... Well, it's it keeps the streak alive of um, us uh, getting involved with or doing. Th- yeah, th- th- there was there was there was abortion content. There was okay? there was there was there was there was more abortion content in the movie. I actually um, forgot that that happened. I was going to bring it up. I was going to make a note of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was the whole thing about the um the the line about the menstrual cycles. Yes. <laughs> and the and the and the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Uh so um At least it's yeah, a at the, least the streaks a lot. You know what? At least it's a woman doing it here. Cause like in the last couple movies we watched when abortion was yeah, brought up, no. it was not brought up very effectively. Um No, it was it was just it was it was a character just talking about her experience with abortion yes in, in in a scene that was it yes that was, it wasn't used as like that was the context a plot device it wasn't used as like you know some sort of shock value it wasn't like exploited in any way it was just a, no, a fairly simple no, it thing was, it was just part of her character part of her character yes it. yeah that was it but um the streak's alive so <laughs> yeah i'm trying i'm, I'm now trying to recall under the shadow and and i don't it's possible. 
Hey, we'll find out. Tune in. All right. <laughs> okay. So, so you put in a dating is dead segment. I did, and I'm fascinated. Yeah, um, I've been excited about this. This is a dating is dead TikTok edition. Okay. Um, because I, I, you know, every now and then I get like a a video on my for you page. It's like some sort of like you know, cringe, cringy, like dating story or some like really outrageous thing. And I, you know, I thought I could make a, a dating is dead segment out of this. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm going to send you a few TikToks to, to play here. The first one is a piece of, of dating advice. This is from uh, Jack M. Sherman on TikTok. Hey guys, hope everybody's doing well. Uh, I recently joined Tinder uh, and I'm doing really well on it. So I thought I'd give you all some uh, dating advice. Uh, my first match was with a girl named Tawny here. Uh, rule number one, always incorporate their name <clears throat> into the first message you send. So I sent her, uh, I said, Tawny oil increases your endurance in The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, which is true, actually. I had to look it up to make sure, but um, Geralt does get an endurance boost when he's using Tawny oil in The Witcher 3. Uh, <clears throat> I sent that on August 24th now so we're coming up on a month and she hasn't responded but you know i'm feeling pretty good about it i'm feeling well this is one of those um sort of slow burn type things so uh i'll keep you guys posted on um when she responds yeah yeah it's a slow yeah, burn i mean i mean i think that's a good approach mm -hmm. uh yeah mm -hmm. it makes it especially it, if, yeah if it makes it named after it makes it seem the, more the, personal object. you know it does yeah yeah it's a good in it's a good in um because a lot of people just go for like the hey or the what's up, you know? Yeah, this is more gotta, this is more memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this would this would get me to reply. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what her problem is. I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what her problem is. Um, well, you know, it's a slow burn. Um yeah maybe yeah. maybe she got really into the witcher 3 and just forgot about it that's true that's true it is a big game it you is know? <laughs> um so she game. might need another she, she might need another couple months yeah um and then she'll be there, she'll, there are a bunch of expansions yeah uh, yeah just maybe yeah. stay away from cyberpunk that that's true yeah that's true you need a beefy rig that's right yeah so um okay so this one next one is a uh it's from uh hey let me see if I can pronounce this this handle correctly. It's hey it's Sisadora on TikTok. It's a bit of a story to this one here. I actually cannot fucking believe that this just happened to me. My boyfriend always makes jokes that I have a cartoon life. Um and today this has continued. I just got a friend request from some guy in Canada and I had three mutual friends with him, all of which are my cousins who I've never met, but I've just been friends on Facebook with them for ages. So I thought, oh, this guy's probably also my cousin because that's how I've met the other ones. So I accepted him and he messaged me and was like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, yeah, I'm good, thanks, how are you? And then he proceeded to chat me up and was like, I saw your profile, thought you were one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. So hard to meet people with COVID. And I went, sorry, mate, I, th I think you might be my cousin. What are you doing? I was like, I, what are you, I'm, I'm so confused. You're literally in Canada. I went, I think you're my cousin. He then proceeds to go, ah, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing because right now you're trying to get in my pants. And then he said, probably a compliment because you're gorgeous. Sorry, sir. I think we're related. Please pack this behavior right in. Um, and I said, I thought you were my family. 
we're literally all opposite sides of the world. What are you doing? And then he said, oh, are you from Australia? I was like, no, I'm English. And then he said, are you related to so-and-so? I'm going to cover that name up. Um, That's my mum. And then he's blocked me. So almost definitely is my cousin. Uh, but apparently it took a few goes of that sinking in. I actually... I love how he asks if being cousins is a good or a bad thing. <laughs> like if, like... Like, if that's something she might be into. Right, he's trying to test the his water. His cousin fucking. Yeah. He's totally yeah. trying to, like, read how she feels about like, it. Oh, so, so, you, so, you, so are you into the whole cousin thing? Because we can, you know, I can make that work. <laughs> and if we're not cousins, I can pretend to be your cousin. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, three boy. different attempts. And she couldn't have been more clear the first time. That's some desperation, man. Yeah. To to even to even like try to like hook up with somebody on Facebook. Also like in a, like you're in another country. Like what do you what are you expecting is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, so that's where like the that's where the initial confusion confusion came, right? Because her cousins are in a different country than her. And so yeah. the, he's like how could you be related to me? You live in a different different country. Yeah. So I bet, like, so, 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 say they aren't related, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and so say you go to, uh, you know, try to chat somebody up on fucking Facebook. Like, what is the, what is the end goal? Like, at best, like, what you're gonna sext? Like, what is the, you know? I mean, he like, had to, he had to attempt it because she's the most beautiful woman that he's ever seen. Maybe, maybe that's true. And maybe he, she also resembles his mom. So, the, I, whew, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that uh, yeah, finally sinking in. Oh shit, this actually is my cousin, and she just doesn't have a cousin fucker fetish. Yeah. Wow. That's an ant, not an or. Because if she had the fetish, she'd be down. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, she's my cousin, and she's not into this. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> I have one more. I, I I really feel like I saved the best for last. Um, Oh God! This is another. This is a, a lengthy story, but I, I think it's worth it. This is from uh, at Saril Childry, and also the caption before we started is um, it's it, should I go on a second date? Let me know. It's not to gatekeep the dating men experience, but it just feels like I have you all beat with the best dating story of all time. So buckle up. So I'm a cute San Francisco bitch and I go to the farmer's market every week and one week I was buying my loaf of bread and the little bread baker man asked me on a date and I was like, this is sick. I'm stoked. We have a little beach picnic. I'm super cute. I bring a little picnic basket full of tea and farmer's market fruit and like some cookies and I rolled some little, you know, we're having a blast, like a great date. And he goes, do you eat food? What? So I was like, yeah, I eat food. You just watched me eat like eight figs. And he was like, well, I live really close. Let me make you dinner. I was like, yeah, okay, I feel like I trust you, I'll go to your house. Turns out he lives in the nicest house I've ever been in. And I grew up in suburbia, you know, like, I've seen a nice house. This is a nice house in San Francisco. Mans is loaded. So this is when I, like, kind of start to panic. We sort of start fooling around, and then I was like, can we take a little break? I want to drink some tea. I'm getting in my head. Totally normal. Then as we're sitting on his little couch drinking our little tea, he says, now is a great time for me to tell you about a strange sexual habit I have. Uh-oh. This guy doesn't let himself come. Ever. Ever. It's not like, you know, I take Lexapro. It can be hard sometimes. No. Mm -mm. He doesn't let himself. I was like, okay, you smoke a lot of, you know, I'd think that maybe you would like that, but that's okay. 
And then he goes, I don't want you to feel like I led you astray, but I don't really eat. What? So I was like, I did ballet for many years of my life. Like, do you want to talk? No. He says, no, it's not that. It's when I'm hungry, I feel like I have more space for compassion. What? I don't know about y'all, but I turn into a hangry bitch. Like, there's no way, okay? But I was like, I came over here for dinner. I'm getting hungry. Like, do you have anything I can eat? He gets a jar of almond butter, hands it to me, and says, it's just like ice cream. No, it's fucking not. But at this point, I'm, like, trying to, like, get some of the tension to go away. So I make a joke about how he doesn't come. At this point, he's cutting a peach. He turns knife in hand and says, that was objectively offensive. So at this point, I'm like, I'm absolutely fucked. Like, I'm scared, right? And we, like, try to have a civil conversation about how I hurt his feelings. And he just, like, doesn't make me feel like I can let go of it. And I am so anxious at this point. I start crying in this man's kitchen. So not only does this man not come, he doesn't eat. He's a bread baker who doesn't eat his own bread. And he only calls Schweed cannabis. Like, made fun of me for calling it weed. He also has a stack of vinyl, and when I walked in, I was like, hey, can I put something on? Because, like, that's a caught girl move. Like, that's what I do at my house. No. He says, no. Why do you have it if you don't want to play it, you know? Anyways, I was like, I want to go. I asked him to walk in my car. He says, no. I was like, okay, this is the weirdest date of my life. I got home. I cried. Literally, like, told my friends that I ruined this date. Like, I was like, he was so cool, and I ruined it. He also texted me a week later and told me he doesn't want me in his life because I won't let him be an authentic version of himself, so... Abolish me. Um, <laughs> I think they should go on a second date. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're answering the. <laughs> I think they should go on a second date because she's fucking obnoxious. Oh, come on. That is not the no, takeaway no. here. That is not the okay, takeaway here. She, she, she's upset that he calls it cannabis when she calls it Schweed. Th- that is also not the takeaway here. <laughs> Okay, yes, the takeaway is that um, he is a weird breatharian that uh, doesn't ejaculate, yeah. Or eats. He's, yeah, he's a, he's some kind of weird breatharian, I understand. Wait, what is a breatharian? Breatharians are people that um, believe that they can replace food with air. Oh, okay. Is that just like the words <laughs> breath and air in, in combined? Yeah, uh, yeah, but like it's like an Aryan, so like not like an Aryan Aryan. You know what I mean? Like just the, oh, the suffix, okay, like okay. um, like they exist with the air, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I can't. A, a whole I cannot thing. believe you just watched that entire video, and the first thing you say is that she's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's he he just wants to be Sting. He he he's into that. Um, what what's that shit? Uh 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 uh. Fuck. It's like it's like it's like the super hardcore edging. Um, <laughs> like God, shit. There's a term for it. I didn't know there's a term oh, for the, it. The tantric sex, the the whole, yeah. Uh huh. It's like where you withhold your 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 uh your orgasm. This is gonna get. I gotta put like eight million explicit tags on this episode. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. I think they should go on the second date. I think they could work it out. Really. I think I think that she could introduce him to some food. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I think that he could introduce her to, I don't know, not talking so much. You know, like I. Think, what do you mean? <laughs> it, I think that they, she's I think telling they a story. What are you I talking they, about? Not I talking. I don't know. To. I don't know. I, I she's very annoying. Um, 
She's she's one of the TikTok people that's got the theater kid energy. It's like, and she called it Swede. Like, yeah. Um. I honestly can't defend the Swede part. Um, yeah, come on. Um, no, but this dude yeah. is like a freaking what is he like vampire or something? Like I don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude. Yeah, dude ain't normal. Yeah. Um. It is. It is. It is some bizarre shit that you're a vampire, or uh, you're, a vampire. <laughs> you're a you're a baker that uh, doesn't eat bread. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming he was cutting the peach for her with the knife. I unless I guess, that's a bit yeah. of a, a little bit of a plot hole in this whole thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and if you if you if you don't come, you you have to have a sense of humor about it. Oh, totally. You know, totally. Do, do you okay? So here's. Do you think that it is like actually like maybe a medical thing, and he's like playing it off like it's like he's doing it on purpose. Um, I thought maybe, but then when you go on to the whole not eating thing, it sounds more like a lifestyle <laughs> choice. <laughs> yeah, like he's yeah. he's built this whole like structure of his life. Um, yeah. just like devoiding, like just like you know. Any sort of stimulation of Earthly any kind. Pleasures, yes. Pleasures. Yeah, he's like he's, he thinks he's like a monk or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many people has he killed? Ooh. Um, that's a good question. Do you think? Because like, I think you like, saying that she should go on a second date is pretty reckless, to be honest. Because this dude sounds dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> eh, I don't know. He might just be just some weird San Francisco dude. You I'm kind of interested what's in the vinyl collection that nobody's allowed to touch or play. I know, I know. I was curious. I thought she was going to drop some names. Yeah. What's uh, Huey Lewis um, in the news? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he put this plastic sheet all over the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think they could work it out. Okay. Well, that's, that's some optimism there. I'd, I'd like to see a second TikTok, you know? I, there, as annoying I mean, as she was, I'd I like haven't. To see a there, TikTok. there could very well be one. I didn't check. Um, maybe, maybe I'll go to her profile. Yeah, let's see if there's anything there. Um, thank you so much for your concern on this matter. Um, there's actually two bread vendors at the farmers market, so I still can get a sourdough. Okay, somebody asked, but now where will you get bread? Okay, so that's the fo- that's the follow up. She's now oh. going to another uh bread vendor. So. Okay. Well, damn. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. You know, you have to avoid certain places. Yeah. Well, I mean... And the fact that she had managed to convince herself that she was the crazy one at the end of all of it, even if only briefly. Yeah, yeah. See, she she seemed less annoying in that one. Is it okay? I, I don't think I'm gonna even like try and delve into this any further. But you're saying she talks too much on a TikTok video where she's telling a story. I didn't say so. she. She could that that story could have been uh, a minute shorter. Uh huh. And this podcast could be. <laughs> well, yes, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> I know from experience. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was uh, Dating is Dead TikTok edition. Um, Maybe the last of its kind. Maybe not. We'll have to see. (laughs) No, I think that was good. Um, 
Yeah, I, I so so we talked about uh, me doing the whole uh, opening up to all the all the genders, right? Yes. So so I I I reactivated my Tinder to to do that, uh-huh. right? Um, and so. I shouldn't have done that on Tinder. I should have done that on OkCupid, which I'll have to do next because the way Tinder works is that like whenever it shows you somebody or whenever it shows somebody to like to you, it shows you to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, So now like a ton of dudes are liking me. Okay. And I sort of feel bad because it's like I'm I'm not going to, you know, yeah, so like if you're gonna if you're gonna be on there um, to to do this like segment, right? You you want to not be like seen by anybody because you don't want any action. Yeah. You don't want any a- actual interaction, right? So yeah, I I need to be like I I'm an observer, you yeah. know. So like, and I feel I feel bad if people are like, um, interested in something that like. That you're not isn't gonna and and, and and it's fucking Tinder. It's not like people are like, oh, they're, they're in love with me or some shit. Sure, you know, you know, I'm not taking that seriously. But it's like, I'm I'm a straight guy, like, and I'm putting that I'm interested in dudes just to look at them like that. Uh, now I'm feeling weird about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, I, it's not like you're having like, you're not like catfishing anybody, you know, you're not having full blown conversations and then like right. pretending you're somebody, like, you know, it's not nothing like that, at least. Right. But then at the same time, I saw somebody from high school. Oh, really? <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so it's like, okay, this might've been a miscalculation. <laughs> and then also, also so many shirtless dudes. Yeah. So many. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting bombarded and it's like, man, is, is this, is this, this, is this working? Like, is like, what is like, who? I know you'll have to test the Um, waters on that yourself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That'll that'll go great. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I gotta, I gotta recalibrate the strategy, which is why there hasn't been, um, the usual dating is dead in, in a few episodes. Okay. So it was good to fill the air with something a little different. Sure. Um, now, uh, let's move into something I'm very excited about because yesterday felt like Christmas. Uh, it really did. Because if by that you mean Christmas like 10 years ago, then I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> because Tim... And Tom are back. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is this is going to be so specific. Nobody is going to give a shit except us. But um, on HBO, there is a new show called Ten Year Old Tom, and it is by the creator and head writer of a, a program called The Life and Times of Tim, which aired on HBO starting in like 2008 um and ended in i think 2012 and nobody saw the show <laughs> which is why it was canceled in 2012 um and it was the best thing ever and this new show is basically the old show again 
except the main character, instead of being an adult man, is now a 10-year-old kid. But still also kind of an adult man. <laughs> still also, he's an adult man in the body of a kid. Yeah. And it's it's just the same show. It's got the same art style, um, the same humor, um, the same character, and it's fantastic. And I love it that it's back. How much, because um, uh, the full season uh, was released at once. How many, how many did you watch last night? I watched the first two, which I guess is actually just the first episode. Oh, split. yes, they are split. That's one episode, yeah. Yeah, so I watched the first episode then, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, this was sorely missing. Um, and, like, it sort it felt like it came out of nowhere, but then I went on to um, Steve Dildarian's Twitter uh who is the the creator and writer head writer um i think he also directs but um and then i noticed that uh like exactly a year ago he tweeted out that hbo had picked up the show oh, wow. and i had liked that and i had liked that tweet oh. so so i had, so i had just forgotten that this was happening that's hilarious um yeah so i uh i like mementoed myself yeah, um, you know, I went to see if um, HBO Max added uh, The Life and Times of Tim, the previous show. Yeah. Because uh, that would make all the sense in the world, right? To do that on the day yeah. anyone comes out? Nope, it's not there. He said, uh, he also tweeted on the 29th, he said, after a brief eight-year timeout, I'm happy to say that all three seasons of The Life and Times of Tim are now streaming on HBO Max. Well, then I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said it's back, which was which is why I'm saying they're both back. That's um, that's weird. I must have missed it then. Um, so I, I yeah, I was yeah. looking for it last night, but uh, yeah, so that's great to hear. Um, I will be revisiting that for sure. Oh yeah, I, I'm, what I'm gonna do is because I ripped the DVDs yeah. <laughs> like a crazy person, and but the quality isn't very good, so I'm gonna see if I can get um the HBO versions. Sure, yeah. Um, because the show was broadcast in HD, but the DVDs were not. Of obviously, course, it was yeah. DVD quality. So, uh, because <laughs> I'm a crazy person. Um, but yeah, but if anybody's not familiar, uh, this is, uh, an adult cartoon sitcom. Um, it's basically Curb Your Enthusiasm, but a cartoon. Um, and it's, it's hilarious. It's the best shit. Um, yeah, the, the main character, Tim slash Tom, uh, depending on which show you're watching, is, is very like passive, you know, as oh, like yeah. a person. It's the most deadpan. He just lets stuff happen to him. Yeah, yeah. Just the um, most outrageous stuff just happens to him, and he accepts it and just keep like goes along with it, and it just gets worse yeah. and worse. Yeah, like in the in the first episode of Tom, um, he ends up uh, taking steroids or believing that he takes steroids. Yeah, like it's it's just yeah, which, it gets out of control so quickly. Which, by the way, um, that's why I said Christmas ten years ago because I because I really do feel like the show has not evolved at all, which is fine. No, no, which is perfectly fine. Um, not a complaint, but like talking. But no, but that's, that's talking about baseball steroids want. is is hilarious because the show feels like it, it came out in two thousand eight. Yeah, but that's but that's what I want. That's what that's exactly what I want. Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's also like crazy, like the 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 guest uh, actors that they can get. Yeah. Um, John Malkovich. Like they had David Duchovny. Yeah. Yeah, David Duchovny is in this. Gillian yeah, Jacobs. Like yeah, like, and that was the same case for Tim too. They they got like a bunch of uh, 
you know, great comedians to do voices. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like Todd Glass, I think is the principal in in the new show. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's so good. I I can't wait. So to watch the rest. I, I it's been so long since I've seen Tim. Um, were there like running bits or jokes between episodes ever in that show, or was it just mostly contained? Um, I believe there were like bits. Yes. Um, not like necessarily always, uh, like through lines. Okay. Cause I, I really appreciate like the little thing, like in the very beginning of this first episode, he's, he's, he's playing the bassoon in the bands. Uh, but he's, he's forced out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, and then he decides to pursue baseball, but then later on in the ice cream, uh, half of the episode, uh, he was trying to get money for ice cream. Yeah. Um, he's having a garage sale and, and he's telling the bassoon, which he's I thought was, bassoon, yeah, yeah. thought was really good. Yeah. yeah. There was, a, yeah, there was stuff like that in, in Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the plots wouldn't necessarily carry over. Gotcha. Episodes, but like there was still like, I, 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 I think I remember stuff being like referenced from previous episodes. Cause like you remember Debbie, right? Yes. So like, yeah. So like the, uh, Tim's relationship with Debbie would sort of continue like, through episodes okay. but like there wasn't like a a um like narrative like a, sp- a specific narrative yeah because i feel like we have um, to get david duchovny as the ice cream man at some point again even oh, though he's to, even yeah. though he's no he's no longer he's no longer the ice cream man because he no longer has a truck yeah right. yeah <laughs> i mean there was no option no. <laughs> there, there were no other options well there so, were a couple they brainstormed a couple <laughs> yeah it's so good uh, God. Yeah. So go watch that. It's on HBO Max. Uh and go watch Tim. Yes, um, definitely. Tim and Tom. I just I just love that. I just love that they didn't even barely change the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said to you that I made the obvious joke that he's he's stealing Ben Platt's thunder here because he really does look like a like a thirty year old guy playing a ten year old. <laughs> Yes, yes, because it's, it's the same voice. It's just, and he's got the curly the hair he, going too. Yeah, and the way he talks is just. That was it was so funny. Whatever the bus driver says, he says "pussy" on the bus. <laughs> Tim, Tom, I keep getting Tom says, "Don't say that." Like, there's children. Here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yeah, it's like I was a little bit concerned watching the trailer. I mean, I was excited by the fact that the show existed, but actually watching the trailer, it wasn't that great of a trailer because... Really? I, yeah, because you know what it is? It's a lot of jokes without any context. And it's a yeah. lot of like like the, I guess you call it like potty humor parts of it. Sure. It, it, it feels very juvenile, which like, in, you know, obviously... It's this isn't like highbrow comedy, but like it's a lot more clever than the trailer would lead you to think. If you weren't already familiar with the style of 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 his writing and all that, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's very deadpan. It's very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just like just surrounded by all these ridiculous people, um, and him just sort of like like we said, just rolling with it and sort of like making like very deadpan comments about it yeah um like like a dude shows up and he's like oh no this can't be the guy this like this is, this is not the guy like just, <laughs> just like stuff like that like yeah yeah Glenn. yeah 
on the thing that said uh soft pretzels parentheses drugs yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that's so good we should we should move on because otherwise i'm just like gonna quote the rest of the like all the jokes oh it's so easy to do yeah <laughs> yeah okay so um as you are very very much aware um but the listeners uh probably wouldn't be um i'm a huge huge big brother fan i think you've brought it up on the i have brought it up I, we talked about there was, there was frenchie yeah we talked about frenchie earlier this uh in the summer yeah. um but yeah big brother one of my favorite things in the world um the latest season big brother 23 just ended uh the other day and uh it was a very it was a very significant season um because the show crowns its first black winner mm. in in over you know it's been on the air for <laughs> over 20 years yeah um because big brother has had uh, a long running issue of being very white mm -hmm. um it's casting has been has been a problem um as is the case with a lot of reality tv sure um but yeah it's it's been a glaring issue for for a long time now um and and with a show like big brother where just the style of of the game and, and how it's played um you know if you are a person of color coming into a mostly white house you are at a disadvantage um you know, for the most part, uh, the big alliances of, of players are, are made up of, of white people. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you could attribute that to, you know, biases that people have. Um, you know, that's, that's really what it is. It's just, it's, it's, it's biases that the people come into the house with and they might not even be aware that they are excluding somebody. But uh, right. but to to the people watching the show on the outside, it's as clear as day. Mm -hmm. Um, so this year for the first time, casting uh, they 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 promised fifty percent of the cast would be people of color, and and they delivered on that. Um, it was a much more uh, diverse cast, more representative of what America is, mm -hmm. at least relative to what it's been what the show has been right, for, right, for so right. many years. Um, so anyway, uh, at the very start of the season, um, the six black house guests basically immediately looked at each other and were like, they had an understanding. Um, they were like, we are not coming after each other. We're going to look out for each other, you know, for as long as we can. Mm -hmm. um, because they are fans of the show and they've seen how it's gone for 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 black house guests for for minority house guests um and so pretty much immediately they had that understanding they ended up uh naming their alliance uh they call it the cookout mm -hmm. um and so it's a six person um all black alliance that was created at the start of the game and ended up making it all the way to the end, completely un, untouched. Um, 
which is the first time that's ever happened in Big Brother. A major alliance that starts at the beginning and makes it fully intact all the way through is is like unprecedented. Um, yeah. So there, there's a case to be made from a game standpoint that they're the most impressive alliance in the history of the show. Hmm. Um, but of course, they are doing it for a for reasons that go beyond just the game, right? So like part of the reason they were so successful is because, uh, you know, Big Brother is typically a very, it's a game where you, if you are self-interested, you uh, excel. You know, if you're looking out for yourself uh, and you're willing to like lie and manipulate to, to get what you want. But for these, for the people in this alliance, they their primary motivation was getting a black person to the end of the game no matter who it was yeah isn't isn't what usually happens is like these alliances they they either dwindle or they crumble to like two people that say like okay it's it's really going to be us two yeah that's happened before um sometimes an alliance is too large that it implodes because at the first moment where they're not in power or there's some adversity some of the members will throw each other under the bus and things will collapse um but here they stay loyal because they weren't self-interested they were playing for the group Mm. um so that was really cool to see uh the members of the cookout uh it's, it's tiffany hannah xavier uh derek and Aza are the members. So it's three men and three women, right? And I, and I bring that up because um, there is sort of a, a dark spot to this whole story this season. It wasn't all great. Um, but so basically what they did was they first they had that understanding they were just going to have each other's back. They didn't have like a, like a, a you know, like a an agreement that's like, oh, it's just going to be us to the end, right? But then um, mm-hmm. Tiffany, who has really... Was, was proven to be like sort of the mastermind behind the whole thing. And she was, she's a fan favorite. She won the America's favorite player vote at the end of the season. Um, She came up with this plan about three weeks into the season because she was noticing that all the members of the Alliance had somebody outside the Alliance they were very close to. And so she's like, okay, we can get to the final six with just us if every week the nominations are one of us and our close ally outside of the Alliance. And then we just evict the, the ally. Mm-hmm. You see what I, you see what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so they would be simultaneously hiding the fact that they're all working together and they would be getting the non-Alliance uh, players out at the same time. Yeah. Um, and they pulled that off flawlessly. Like week after week, they did that. Um, one member of the Alliance would go up next to sitting next to their close ally outside of it. And every single time they would send that person home and right up through the final non Alliance member leaving, nobody knew that this Alliance existed. Hmm. Um, it was really impressive. Like there wasn't even like, there was suspicion here or there of like, it's really funny. Cause when they were down to eight people left, so like six, the six members of the Alliance and two outsiders, they were like, one of the outsiders is like, Wow, you know, it's 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 majority of the people in the house are are people of color. That's never happened on the show before. <laughs> um, so like they made that observation, but they never um took the Put next together. step into putting together that it was this big alliance working together. 
um, which was really impressive on on their on their parts. And like the, the disappointing thing um, for me and for a lot of the fans watching the show was because I mentioned Tiffany and how she was like the mastermind behind this and she was making a lot of the, the maneuvering and and setting things in place and she came up with the big plan. And she was the first member of the cookout to be evicted once they reached their their goal. Mm. And that wasn't great. And the reason it wasn't great, especially is because it would have been one thing if the other people were like, well, yeah, she's the biggest threat now because she is the mastermind. She's so smart that we have to get her out in order to win the game. Right. They did not say that. Instead, the three, uh, it was mainly the three men in the alliance basically dismissed her accomplishments and tried to say that she was the person least deserving to be there out of all the cookout members. Oh. And so they were basically like trying to erase things that she had contributed and accomplished, um, which was a really bad look. So hmm. it's like on the one hand, we have this really like historic moment in the show where you're going to have a black winner and this alliance was um, made such an impact on the show. But now you have what can really only be described as misogyny. Because mm-hmm. um, at one point or another, all three of the the, cook, the, the male cookout members and one in particular, Derek, uh, just throwing out a lot of misogyny. Um whether it's like dismissing the accomplishments of the women or acting like the women aren't as worthy of, you know, being in the house as the men or, you know, stuff like that. And it, it happens so often that it's like really put a damper on the final few weeks of the show. Mm. Um, and, you know, misogyny has been a long running problem on Big Brother as well. Oh, yeah. So it's like we've we've succeeded in 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 bringing awareness to one issue, one glaring issue and that's great, but it's also like there's this whole other thing that still needs to be addressed in a big way. A lot of t- a lot of times that was like baked into the show. Mm, well, what do you mean? They would they would do stuff that would like that they would separate the men and the women, they would do competitions that way uh Oh, that's like, like that's that. like old school Big Brother. They don't do that anymore. Sure, but I'm just saying, like, it was baked into, like, some of the foundation of the show. Yeah, that is a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's tough. Because, um, like, on the finale, uh, they brought back some of the early evicted house guests via Zoom, like, so the pre-jury members. Mm-hmm. And one of the women, uh, Whitney, she was, uh, when she was in the house, she was, uh, taking the brunt of some of Derek's misogyny. Like he would call out like some of the shit that she was wearing and stuff like that. And Mm. the show, the show would go back to that like multiple times and like show clips of it. So like when you say it's, it's built in like that, the show is definitely part of the problem here. Yeah. Um, And so Whitney uh, said on Twitter the day of the finale, she's like, I'm going to have a chance to speak tonight. And no, she actually said, if I have a chance to speak tonight, because it wasn't guaranteed that there would be time. Right. Um, if I have a chance to speak tonight, I'm going to mention some of the misogyny that's gone down on the show. Uh, and mm-hmm. what do you know? She did not have a chance to speak during the episode. Of course. Of course. Um, so that was disappointing. But uh, 
you know, these guys are going to hear it from the fans online because um, Big Big Brother fans on on the internet they have a reputation of being uh, quite quite. Uh, I'm. I mean, does it does it matter? Like they got paid. Like they made it to the end. Right. Um. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it was so disappointing to see, uh, you know, Tiffany and then also her her close ally, Hannah. They were two people that did really, I would argue, did the most for the alliance throughout the whole game. And they were the first two to go. And the reasoning they were the first two to go in the eyes of the men was that they contributed the least. And that they, uh, you know, were almost like dead weight. Um, so uh. it's, it's it, it was not a good look. Yeah. But... but uh, I, I think that this season will be remembered for the impact it made when it comes to representation. Sure. Which at the end of the day, that 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 is a, a net positive there. That's a good thing. Um, I do just I do hope that uh in future seasons there's there's less, you know, sexism, less misogyny. Cause it's it's a it's a real problem in this in this uh in society in general, but in this show too. Like Well, you know, with uh, Julie Chen Moonves at the helm, uh, <laughs> you know. No, she's too busy praising God. Um, yeah, they they like I said to you uh, a week or two ago. You know, they need more children of God in on the program. Yeah, um, and that'll. Yeah, we were talking about this. This wasn't on the air. Really. We were talking about this after the show. But uh, Julie Chen Moonves has had some sort of awakening because pretty much every week, if somebody mes- met, uh, mentions God, or sometimes she takes it upon herself to do it herself you know unwarranted um she'll just like make a statement about god in the middle of the show yeah it's got to be some kind of born again sort of thing yeah uh but it's just very strange yeah julie's interesting um she's been doing this from the very beginning she's been hosting the show for like 20 years yeah and so like in the finale the other day one of the house guests, the jury members, uh, Brittany, she's having a, a, a heartfelt moment because um, she, she's autistic and she did not tell any of the house guests that she's autistic. Um, that was, I guess that was her choice to, to not tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And so everybody was like revealing like their secret occupation or anything that they withheld from from people during the, during the game. And so she had like a heartfelt moment about, you know, speaking about autism, right? Mm-hmm. And so Julie, before this, she's like, okay, Brittany, you can stand up and, and, and you know, share what you want to say. And Brittany has this moment. She, she's, she finishes talking. And then Julie, and then Julie's like, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, Brittany. You shouldn't, I shouldn't have told you to stand up. The lighting wasn't as good as if you were sitting down. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. What the fuck? What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? I do not know. It was unbelievable. What the fuck is that? <laughs> like this is a live finale. Like so, but like she, like how long has she been doing? Like how would you, even if you? And by the way, as a viewer watching the show, there was no difference, no noticeable difference in the lighting. Like it was not like she was like. Even if there was. Even if there was, as the host, you don't point that out. You're not a producer the behind the fuck? scenes giving notes. You're Yo, hosting Julie, the this show. Is live. I, I honestly could not believe that. I mean, I kind of could because I know some of the stuff that Julie says sometimes, but it was ridiculous. What the fuck? <laughs> it was ridiculous. 
<laughs> anyway, that's real nice. Uh, you look like shit in this lighting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She she just some she just says what's on the top of her head sometimes, and it doesn't. That wasn't very. That wasn't important enough. You should have been sitting down for that. Like what? <laughs> like what is I know. This? Oh my god! It was ridiculous. But yeah, anyway, the takeaway uh, for this season, Big Brother, is that representation has gotten better on the show. I hope it continues to improve even more. Um, and the show has its first uh, black winner. Xavier was the winner of the winner of the game. And of the three men in that alliance, he was the most uh, worthy of it. So nice. I was happy to see it. So will this is will this TikTok thing make for good audio? Um, well, I only have the audio for one of them. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to mention there's a couple different memes that are very, very popular. You've probably heard them both at this point, but, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about either one of them, honestly. Okay, so like, cause it says it's, cause it says it's food based. Yeah. So well, I'm they're just, both, I'm yeah, they are both, they are both food based. Um, I was curious if you can't see it, if it makes for, oh yeah, yeah. I think it makes sense. The, okay. the first one is good soup. You, you've heard good soup, right? Um, the Adam Driver meme. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I, I, I like I've seen the GIF. Yeah, yeah. It's it's from it's from the final season of Girls, which like how the hell that surfaced after how many years it's been? I don't even know. But uh, probably Adam Driver stands. You know, I mean, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's Adam Driver sitting at you know like a diner, and he takes like a spoonful of the soup yeah and he says good soup yeah um but i've been kind of like trying to avoid this meme personally <laughs> sure because i have I, I i believe i have what is called misophonia which is the sort of disorder where you um have reactions to like certain sounds like chewing sounds or like mouth sounds Oh God! How do you do a podcast with me? What do you mean? No, it's it, it's not. Well, we're just talking. Like that, that's very different. Yeah, but I like I make mouth sounds. I have to like edit them out. Oh, I mean, I guess my maybe my headphones aren't good enough to oh. be picking up on that. But uh, yeah, no, I haven't had a problem on this show. Okay, <laughs> well, that's good. But yeah, whenever I hear good soup, I cringe a little bit because I I do struggle with that a, a bit. Mm. Um. Yeah, I didn't realize, like, I was looking up this uh, this disorder because I forgot the name of it. Mm -hmm. And it says that it's rare and that there are about 200,000 people in the U.S. that have it. Mm -hmm. That seems very low to me. Um, well, th maybe that's people that are diagnosed. I mean, it says you can basically self-diagnose. But yeah, that's probably where they're getting yeah, their data but like, from. But yeah, like who's who's, who's the, like say? reporting yeah, yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of people have this. Yeah. And good soup is is bad for for misophonia. Um, I'd imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I've only seen it in GIF form. I mean, some of the some of the the variations, like it's basically turned into like any sort of liquid is now soup. Okay. When it comes when it comes to this meme, like if there's anything involving liquid, somebody will turn it into like a good soup meme. I see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other one was uh, the little lad. 
berries and cream. Oh no, no, I, I can't with that. It's yeah. See, now I, I people have referred to this as like they think this is super catchy and it's like an earworm and they can't get enough of it. And I guess that's why it's taken off. But I just do not. I don't know. See, see, I'm too old because I was I was around the first time and I guess these kids weren't. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, because this was like 2007 or 2008 when the, yeah. the original commercial came out. Yeah. So I guess they didn't experience that the first time around. Yeah. Yeah. And did you see who's uh, <laughs> has a resurgence in popularity to go alongside of it? Is the actor who uh, played the little lad in that Starburst commercial? Yeah, and he's not happy about it. Wait, he's not happy about it. No. So wait, who's this guy on TikTok? Can I can I send you this one here? Because this this guy is is under the username the real little lad, and and this video here of him teaching you how to do the dance has twenty million views, and it leads me to think that he's he's the guy, is he not? Well, then he must have had a change of heart because as of a couple of weeks ago, he did not like people bringing this up because he was trying to be a real actor. <laughs> okay. And five six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Berries and cream, berries and cream. I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. Up the octave, go for it. Berries and cream, berries and cream. I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. Um, that is him, right? Let me see. He's got a cameo link here. Yeah. Yeah, I heard he was on Cameo. It's like a hundred something dollars to get one of his uh one of his cameo appearances. Yeah. So he seems to be embracing it now. Which like with that kind of following, why wouldn't you? Interesting. But if you if you haven't seen as of, yeah, if you haven't seen that video, ago, he did not Oh, so he's taken a very recent he's taken a very recent uh change of heart here. Yeah. Because that's a full-on, huh. like, dance tutorial that we just played there. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, so this one doesn't trigger anything in me, but I also just find it annoying, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I found it annoying over 10 years ago. Yeah, so, it's just a case um, of, like, a Super Bowl ad that's trying to capture your very fleeting attention for a few seconds and it's not meant to be yeah. something that continues on in the consciousness for two decades or whatever so the reason why it got popular again was because justin mcelroy of the my brother my brother and me podcast posted it on tiktok and all the kids who didn't know what it was found it mm, okay and went crazy with it So I wonder if he's if he's happy about that decision. Uh Justin McElroy? Yeah. No, he's very happy about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um yeah. Because whenever he talked about it, he said that it, it was being used in like I don't know like 80,000 videos or something cuz he could track it. Yeah. Because it, he he was the one that uploaded the sound or whatever. Oh, so it's his sound that's being circulated. 
keep because he's the one that put up the 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 commercial audio. Okay. That's just like his version, I guess. And so it probably spread from there. Yeah, I just meant like maybe he's not happy that he started this entire trend again. But the fact that he's he's benefiting from it is 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 good for him. Yeah. So yeah, that's really yeah, all I, I had with, with those two. I just uh I'm kinda hoping that they can you know, they've had their moment and they sort of fade away. Sure. I mean that's what memes do, so hopefully, uh, yeah, their time will be soon. Uh, My favorite good soup though is somebody stepped out of a like a porta potty with a with a <laughs> with a um like a handful of like like blue Gatorade. <laughs> oh, that's not Gatorade, right? No, it really was Gatorade, but it was meant to be like the you know the oh okay yeah yeah it's good soup. So, yeah. Anyway, Oof. moving on. <laughs> um, let's see. We don't have to talk about Shaq, so we could cut that one. That's just a little thing. Okay. Well, maybe we could just maybe we could just do. A I was kind of interested. I mean, I I okay. I didn't read the article. Uh, it's not much. It's just uh, Shaq says that he doesn't want to be a celebrity anymore. Okay. So, there's just some good quotes. Um, These celebrities are going freaking crazy, and I don't want to be one. I denounced my celebrityness today. I'm done with it. That's what he told the New York Post. I feel like he's. I feel like he's been reading too much Sally Rooney. Maybe because she doesn't want to be a celebrity either. Celebrities are crazy. They really are. Don't call me that anymore. These people are out of their freaking mind with how they treat people, what they do, what they say. That's never been me. I never want to be looked at like that. Um, I came from nothing. But just because I made it doesn't mean I'm bigger than you. Um, I take issue with that. <laughs> yeah. Because you're Shaquille O'Neal. I think you're bigger than literally everyone. But yeah, I, ju- I just think this is really hilarious. Because it's like... Your name is Shaq. Like you have video games, you're on TV. It's like he's not retiring from being on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, <laughs> he's he says he's retiring from just being a celebrity. Um, like that's your decision. No, it's not. No, that's what I'm saying. Like that's your decision to make. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought you said. I thought I thought you're saying that's his decision. Yeah. No, it's it's totally not. Because no. celebrity yeah. is not. You know, you don't just decide to wake up and be one. You you become one. And, and you right. remain one until, you know, unless you fall out of the it, awareness. Yeah. No, so here's the thing. Like, if he wants to retire from, like, doing shit. Yeah, like, like public not life. being on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he can he can fade, you know? Yeah. But he's not doing that. Because, like, who was the, who was the, um, the Ghostbusters actor and the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids guy? Um, the one with the glasses. Uh, I don't know. I forget his name, but anyway, he basically retired from acting, and then you know he he wasn't famous anymore. Right, because we don't know his name. Well, exactly, but that's because I don't know anybody's name. Um, but yeah, it's like you you can't you can not be a celebrity anymore, but you know you have to actually do it, not just say it. He it's wants like the Michael Scott. I declare bankruptcy. Yeah, like, he wants the title to go away, but nothing else to actually change. 
basically he just doesn't want to be considered a celebrity i mean you know not to bring it back to another segment we just did but i think the one way you could potentially remove your celebrity status is if you go on celebrity big brother that's true because nobody on that show is is considered a celebrity that's true that's like when you know it's over that's when you know it's over so yeah that's maybe one idea but like, yeah, but like you're the most one of the most famous basketball players ever mm-hmm. people, people know you by your nickname of your first name you're you're a huge behemoth of a man yeah size like 26 like, foot or whatever yeah like even if even if he wasn't famous him just walking down the street people are going to notice you like sorry I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just that's the way it is. So he, but you're he, still on, you're still on TV. So, so. He, he's saying that the celebrities today are insane. Yeah. Does, is he talking about anybody specifically? He does not call out anybody. Because that's casting a pretty wide net there. I mean, you know, it is. But he's talking about he's like, oh, I don't have an entourage. You know, it's like I try to be nice to people and like, you know, maybe you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is. I'm, I, I'll believe him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, he's like, you're either nice or you're the A word. And I definitely won't be looked at as the A word. Um, he's like, he didn't have an entourage. He, his people didn't take his, my phone away because I took a picture and threw it. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. You're a celebrity, sorry. Yeah. There's really not much he can do. <laughs> no. I just I just think it's funny where he's just like, nope, I'm not anymore. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. If it makes himself feel better, I guess go ahead and believe that. Yeah, sure. But it's like you're still on TV. You still you still do, you know, do the basketball games. Like Yeah, because it like it sounds like he's upset with a the culture surrounding celebrities. But he doesn't want to remove yeah. himself from that culture. Right. So it's confusing what he actually wants yeah he's saying like oh i'm not part of that but it's like okay well maybe you're not acting like a lot of other celebrities but it's like you're still very famous Mm -hmm. you know so i don't know in fact i might go out and buy a shaquille o'neal jersey yeah just to reinforce his celebrity what was that what was that stupid shia labeouf thing where he went on the wet red carpet and he wore that paper bag uh yeah <laughs> what, what? i don't know i don't know the the point of that yeah, that was during his um his like performance art phase right yeah was that before or after he started um abusing um oh, yeah the paperback said i'm not famous anymore right i believe that was before the accounts that um, the accounts of right. abuse that, uh, that have come out since then. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, Shaq could do that. Just, just wear just a, paper a paper bag. bag on his head. Yeah. Do we just want to hit this Phoebe Bridgers? Yeah. Okay. So, Phoebe Bridgers, one of the biggest artists in music right now, um, is getting sued. Uh, technically for defamation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
She's being sued for $3.8 million by producer Chris Nelson, um, allegedly for, quote, false and misleading statements about him online. Um, this Nelson fellow is seeking damages for uh, alleged defamation, false light, intentional affliction of emotional distress, and intentional interference with prospective economic relations. Um, so they never worked together, but um, starting in 2018, Nelson and uh, his girlfriend uh, started um, hooking up with Phoebe Bridgers. And then uh, Nelson and his girlfriend, Emily Bannon, broke up in 2019. And then Emily Bannon and Phoebe Bridgers continued uh, to hook up. <laughs> so it's, it's very easy to see the real motivation behind this lawsuit. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. He's clearly suing Phoebe Bridgers because she stole his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, last weekend, <laughs> I was going to make a joke because last weekend was, uh, I forget what day it was, but it was Bi Awareness Day. <laughs> It's like this would have been a good story for Bioawareness Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. that's essentially what's going on here. the The only thing that he's alleging really is that Bridgers made quote false and misleading statements about him on her public Instagram, including that she quote witnessed and can personally verify much of the abuse. And then in parentheses it says grooming, stealing, violence perpetrated by Chris Nelson. Um. And then he's saying that she allegedly directed her followers to Bannon's Instagram account. Um, and then where people accused him of racially motivated hate crimes, such as beating a young Latinx man to death. Um, but it's like, unless she explicitly told people to go to the Instagram account, uh, no, she didn't. Right. That's just, that's just her fans doing that. Yeah, that's just people. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there are um, other. Um, this is not, this is not this guy's first lawsuit. No, he has, I believe, at least two other suits currently going on. Yeah. Um, he's currently also suing um, uh, musician and former SNL actor Noel Wells. Yes. Uh, because he worked with her on her 2019 album, uh, called "It's So Nice." Um, he's also, it's like the same suit. It's for alleged defamation, false light, intentional affliction of emotional distress, intentional interference with prospective uh, economic relations, and negligent interference with prospective economic relations. Um, and then he's got another one uh, against the uh, same ex-girlfriend, Emily Bannon, accusing her of assault and battery. Um, so... <laughs> He's just suing everyone they can get his hands on, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but the suit against Phoebe Bridgers, uh, it really seems like a load of horseshit. Well, the, all three and of them really, do. All three of them do. Well, all three of them do, but like, yeah, it really seems like he's suing as petty revenge because uh, she stole his girlfriend. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> it's, it's very transparent. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah. very, it's very funny, honestly. It really is. It really is. Um. <laughs> it's like why would you uh, 
because like i didn't know who this guy was before this week i don't think anybody did. yeah so this is like just like self-inflicted embarrassment yeah for this guy like yeah. he did not need to <laughs> have his name out there like this yeah. um for this reason you should <laughs> you should just be counting your lucky fucking stars you got to have threesomes with phoebe bridges Th- like there you go yeah <laughs> like come on <laughs> and honestly like the shit that's been said that he's done is 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 really bad so right like this could easily like turn around on him now and he could be in some shit so this is right. like a really if ridiculous if these, move. if these women if these women have any tiny form of receipts the, the especially if phoebe has stuff about what she said about you know grooming and abuse mm-hmm not only will the suits be thrown out immediately, uh, he's probably got shit going his way. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and you're going to tell me that Phoebe Bridgers doesn't have incredible lawyers now? Right. Yep. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. <laughs> yep. But um, uh. speaking of Phoebe Bridgers, uh, just a little while ago, she announced that um, she's releasing a cover of uh, That Funny Feeling by Bo Burnham that she's been playing on tour this fall. I saw that, yeah. And so all of the proceeds um, from that single are going to the um, the Texas Abortion Fund, which is really cool. Yes, yes. Very good to see. Yeah. I was listening to the some of the covers from you know that like big Metallica comp mm-hmm. of like all the covers from like like indie artists basically. Yeah. Um, aren't there like stuff there? Aren't there like ten different versions of Inter Sandman or something? There's like ten different versions of um. What's the one that? Because that's the one that Phoebe did, and then I think it's also the same one Diet Sig did. Um. Was it the Unforgiven? I think. Oh, okay. Because um, Cherry Glazer's on that too. Theirs is pretty good. Yeah. See, like that. That is. I haven't listened um, to this. It's. It's so many artists that I love, but I'm. I'm also just completely burned out on Metallica. Oh from yeah. All of my, I, I don't. From all of my high school years. Yeah, I don't like Metallica really. Um, yeah. Oh, it's nothing else matters. Oh yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like yeah, they got. Oh yeah, Dietzig did the Unforgiven. Um, Pup is here. Um, oh my God, Volbeat, really? Oh, that makes that makes all the sense in the world. I know, but like then there's a lot of this stuff that's like Cherry Glazer, Idols. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's like ten versions of Nothing Else Matters. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's on the one hand, like yeah the artist should do the song that they want to do, but like would like Metallica has such a big catalog. Don't you think they could have yeah. like, you know, <laughs> made it and a little more varied. There's five versions of my friend of misery. Oh, um, there's like six versions of the unforgiven. There's like five versions of holier than now. So it's, it's like really, it's, it's not a, it's not a collection you can just run through, you know, no, front not to back. at all. Cause it's, it's just like, it's just like, it's like six different songs and then there's like six versions of enter sandman mm-hmm. um i will not be listening to the enter sandman by weezer i'll tell you that much oh boy um because weezer is just a fucking cover band at this point yeah um but yeah there there are some good bands here so yeah it's a good lineup 
Do we want to quickly do? I have just two very quick pieces of movie news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we can we can get out of here. Sure. But I wanted to briefly bring up the um, the story from New York Film Festival this week. Uh, the protests that took place. I don't know if you saw this. This was like all over Twitter for me. But uh, some some Catholic protesters were outside of the showing, the premiere of Benedetta, the latest uh, movie from uh, Paul Verhoeven, which is a scandalous uh, lesbian nun drama. Um, mm. Let me send you the link so you can see the photo here of these these dudes that look like they stepped. Like the, the very first photo on there, they, they look like they stepped right out of the 1930s. Um, <laughs> why why the endless insults to Jesus? Yes. It's not very catchy. No, it doesn't it doesn't really roll off the tongue very well. Um like stop the blasphemy now is pretty good. Sure. And then there's a there's a larger uh, sign they have here. It says we vehemently protest the blasphemous lesbian movie Benedetta. That insults the sanctity of Catholic nuns. Um, yeah, that's now. I don't know about you, but like, this makes me want to see the film. So this yes. this really backfired, I think, for these guys because this is like good marketing. Um, that just makes yeah. it sound like a cool movie. Like I don't. <laughs> you. I was actually hoping it would be nuns protesting. Well, no, because nuns probably have better sense than these, these uh, whatever you yeah. want to call them. I, I do, I do like the young Republicans on the that are holding up the big sign. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. So why the? I like how it's in three colors too. Why the endless insults to Jesus? Mm-hmm. There's Jesus wasn't a nun. Well, no, but I guess, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's true, isn't it? Why are you insulting Jesus this way? Actually, I think the whole thing is that nuns aren't like uh, married to Jesus Mm. is the Mm -hmm. reasoning. This is like infidelity. Which which is all kinds of weird. When you look, think about it for... Point two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So the the <laughs> director and I, I believe the cast were not at this premiere for this particular festival, but I do know the screenwriter for this film was was in attendance, and I, I'm pretty sure he got a kick mm. out of this. Oh, I bet. But yeah, that's uh, it's Benedetta coming out coming out soon. Yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs> I mean, hey, this director is known to be of a bit of a uh, you know provocateur right so he's he's getting he's getting that yeah. here um from about like yeah. a dozen a dozen people it's really it's not much but uh yeah you know why the endless insults to yeah we're just wondering we just want some answers we want explanations <laughs> I, I, it'd be great if they were they actually wanted to like yeah have like an actual it. dialogue right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so we, we just came from the screening and we, we had a few questions <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get a chance to speak at the Q&A um. yeah 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 number one why the endless insults to Jesus <laughs> yeah um, yeah the other the other big piece of uh, I, I wouldn't say that was a big piece of movie news that was more just you know 
But but the actual big piece of movie news this week was there's a trailer out for the new Paul Thomas Anderson. Have you seen this? Mm, yeah, it's no, called Licorice Pizza. And it's oh, coming okay. out uh, in late November. Um, it is a coming of age story set in the San Fernando Valley of California in the 1970s. So he's going back hmm. to that uh, Boogie Nights time period, um, which yeah. I watched Boogie Nights for the first time last year. Um, so brilliant. It's this, mm. this tragic comedy um, about um, adult film actors that is just, yeah, it's so good. Like everything he makes, it's, it's so good. Yeah. But uh, what I thought was, was uh, jumped out what jumped out at me um, immediately was the cast in this movie. So like you have like the supporting cast is, is kind of the usual suspects. You have like Bradley Cooper, you have uh, Sean Penn, you have uh, Maya Rudolph, Benny Safdie, but the two leads. Uh, so we have Cooper Hoffman, the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman. And then we okay. have Alana. Um, I'm going to get, see, I'm going to mispronounce it's, it's an it's a running thing with with the band name too, but it's Hyam. I think I'm pronouncing correctly. It's it's Alana Hyam from the band Hyam. Okay, um, I believe this is her first screen performance. Um, huh. yeah, PTA. He's done. He's uh, he's known the band for a long time. He's directed a handful of their music videos. And so um, now she is uh, starring in his next his next film, which is which is very exciting. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of of uh, I am, even though I'm uncertain about if I'm getting the pronouncement correctly. I yeah. I would not know, but um. But yeah, yeah, coming of age. That's my favorite my favorite genre of, of movie. So, and uh, sure. Paul Thomas Anderson never misses. So this is yeah, definitely yeah. something to look forward to. Um, quite a year for for Hyam too. Like last year, they had their their third album, which I think is their best album, and then they performed at the Grammys. And now, now their bass player is starring in the new PTA. So <laughs> it's <laughs> good stuff going on. Yeah. So yeah, just wanted to mention that. That's uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, very cool. All right, I think that's probably going to do it for us. You can follow me everywhere at Dead End Road, Facebook.com slash Dead End Road TV. Check out the Twitch, twitch.tv slash Dead End Road TV, and do a YouTube search for Dead End Road TV. Get us to 100 subscribers so I don't have to say the whole thing the whole time. And as always, you can email us literally anything at video at deadendroad.co. And just another note, uh, pre-orders for the Fred the Koala plushies are now live uh, with hardcover bundles of Fred's First Adventure. Um, you can check out uh, the Dinner uh, Publishing store because I just revamped that. It looks quite nice and it's a lot easier to uh, navigate. So check that out at publishing.denandroad.co. They make great gifts because uh, the holidays are quickly, quickly approaching. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I have to promote. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's it. As always, we really appreciate you listening. Um, I guess yeah, we'll, we'll see, see you next week. one.